With us today is uh, Stephen uh, Harper, the former Prime Minister of Canada. And uh, uh, just because he's not Prime Minister doesn't mean anything because he's going around the country, he's going around Europe, he's going around the United States and advocating for what's right in the world. Uh, well, uh, Stephen, uh, tell us uh, your, your last few meetings and what have you been doing? Yeah, look, uh, John, um, I mostly travel the world on business. I, I have a number of uh, business interests. I run a consulting and investment uh, business um, based Canada, investment business uh, specifically. I'm chairman of a group called Vision One based in Miami. But I do have some political interests. I And, and for both business and political reasons, I was recently in the Gulf, I was supposed to be in Israel, but but had to cancel that trip for obvious reasons. And just uh, this past week in Washington, uh, we held our meetings of the International Democracy Union, which your listeners are probably not familiar with. It is the Global Federation of Conservative Parties, some 80 center-right parties from around the world, including the Republican Party in the United States. So we held our meetings in Washington to discuss uh, current state of the world and international affairs and the and the fight for freedom and democracy. So uh, give us a little bit of, uh, of your ideas. What the heck is happening in the world? I mean, it, it looks yeah. like uh, uh, the war in uh, uh, with Russia and Ukraine is continuing. It looks like the war with uh, uh, you, uh, Hamas and, and uh, Israel is continuing. And Venezuela is uh, threatening another war in uh, South America. Yeah, look, I'm glad you uh, raised the last one, John. This was these uh, three things were a, a big source of the discussions we had in Washington. And look, I'm not quite trying to say everyone was of the same view, but I think that um, the predominant view among our parties would be the following: that look, um, while we appreciate the support the Biden administration has provided to Ukraine, and we appreciate the support. Uh, both rhetorical and material that the Biden administration is giving to Israel. The reality is that these situations have developed because of the failure of the Biden administration and other Western allies to provide deterrence. There was not sufficient deterrence on Russia against uh, against invading Ukraine, particularly after they started this in 2014 with the seizing of Crimea and the Donbass. Um, there's the administration has been, as you know, trying to get a new deal with Iran. Meanwhile, uh, Iranian proxies started this war from Gaza with Israel. And, and John, you raised the issue of Venezuela. Um, look, I have to tell your listeners, um, look, what has happened here? The Biden administration declined uh, to proceed with the expansion of the Keystone Pipeline from Canada. Now there's a shortage of heavy oil. And so the Biden administration does a deal with Venezuela. He gives them um, the money. He gives them the money to wage war, like, uh, like what happened with Russia and what happened with Iran. They give them, yes, to give them money. The, the, the Venezuelan government makes promises about elections that, by the way, none of our Venezuelan delegates at our convention think are remotely going to be upheld. And then it turns around and uses that to engage in aggression against the neighboring state, Guyana, holding this referendum contrary to its own constitution, contrary to international law, to try and claim territory. And 
who knows what it will do next. But I say in every case, the uh, the naivete and the um, and and frankly, just the bad um, the bad international perspectives of the Biden administration are setting the world on fire. This is a real serious problem. And all I can say is, you know, say we got a hot war in Ukraine, we got a hot war in Gaza, we have a risk of a war in Guyana. Let us just hope that they provide sufficient uh, deterrence to China so we don't end up with another war in Taiwan and the Pacific. It's great for the administration and, and the allies to say, look, we're, we're standing up and fighting these wars. But frankly, smart conservative leaders, I'm on the conservative side, smart conservative leaders know you provide deterrence so you don't have to fight wars in the first place. Canada. Um, I just had the, uh, the former president of the World Bank, David Malpass, on. Uh, and he knew uh, that we were going to be talking this morning. And he says to me, uh, ask uh, uh, the former prime minister, why isn't Canada moving pipelines into the Pacific coast? To, because the Asian, uh, Asian uh, countries need oil badly. Well, uh, in a way, I'm the wrong one to ask. You should ask the present prime minister that because he's the one opposed uh, to these projects, we had, when I was prime minister, we'd inherited a, a system from the liberal government that basically made the approval of these major projects impossible. We streamlined the regulations back in 2012 to expedite decisions. And among the expedited decisions was the approval of something called the Northern Gateway, uh, which would have moved um, oil and Canadian resources to uh, to the Pacific and, and onward to Asia. But the present government, uh, present Liberal government, basically vetoed that. Now, there are, there are John, in fairness, some projects continuing. There's a major uh, LNG terminal being built uh, near Terrace, British Columbia. And the uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline is being expanded. I mean, these were things that had started under us and, frankly, should have been long done by now. But there will be some capacity. And, and to the extent that these... Um, oil and gas projects potentially displace coal uh, in China and elsewhere. Quite frankly, they actually low, lower global emissions. So um, I, I'm glad to see some of these things are going ahead, but they're not going ahead nearly as quickly as they should. And, and of course, our government has also said they're against all LNG export from the Atlantic coast, which makes no sense at all. You're absolutely right. Makes no sense at all. Uh, anything else? We got a minute or so uh, uh, left. What else would you like to tell uh, the American people and Canada uh, in the next few minutes? Yeah, maybe John. Just one other comment. Look, I told people during the pandemic that we'd come out of the pandemic uh, not with a boom. We'd come out of the pandemic with inflation and slowing growth. And I look around the world, including your country and my country, and I see governments experimenting with what I call socialism and corporatism and populism and protectionism and nationalism and all kinds of industrial policy. But let's be really clear. We're not going to have renewed growth, non-inflationary renewed growth in our countries until our governments understand that growth has to be uh, market-oriented and private sector-led. And right now, I don't see really any major country pursuing that kind of an agenda, but that's what we need to get ourselves back on track. Understood.
Uh, Stephen Harper, former Prime Minister of Canada, thank you for continuing to work hard for peace around the world and uh, for, the, for the right things to happen. Uh, God bless you and have a, a Merry Christmas, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for the time, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Thank you.